And I'm Katie. And this is I'm Not Scared, You're Scared. A horror movie podcast. Hey, horror fans, if you like what you're hearing, follow us on Instagram at I'm Not Scared, You're Scared. Please subscribe on Spotify or iTunes and give us a great rating. It'll help spread the word. Thank you. All right. Thanks for joining us. We are talking about 1973's The Exorcist, Heavy Hitter. Ooh. That's all I have to say about it? <laughs> That's all I have, to, I have nothing more than that. Who, 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 who. Wow. Yeah, okay. I'm clearly bringing my A game tonight. <laughs> <laughs> hey, okay. For listeners, you know what? It's been a week. I'm tired. It's We've yeah. been teaching, dealing with... Your children. Children. (laughs) The children of the world. Yeah. um, Yeah. Uh, On that topic. What is new with you, darling? (laughs) What's new with me? Um, Just working. We went to, um, we just had uh, President's Week last week, and it was really, it was really fun. Um, I turned 39. Uh, Seriously? Yeah. Yeah. Dang, girl. Yeah. Now you're my age. (laughs) Oh, no. For like three months. For like a little bit. Yeah. Um, so my boyfriend took me to Napa. We went and had some good wine. It was really, really fun. Uh, good wine tastings and stuff. And then we went to SoCal to my boyfriend's mom's 70th birthday bash. Was it like greaser themed? It was, yeah, sort of. It was like 1950s That looked really cute. It was cute. We all like dressed up, um, and, and had a nice, it was a fun time. It was lots, it was like work. I mean... His uh, Victor's sister put in like a million times more work than we did, the two yeah. of us. But um, like we went and helped a lot and set things up, and uh, it was fun. I'm glad to see that his mom had. I think she had a really fun time. She yeah. enjoyed herself, and um, a lot of her, I think her siblings all came, and um, um, she's the youngest of seven. Wow! So it was it was fun to like meet people that I hadn't met yet. Um, you know, because of COVID. Mm-hmm. But um, then school started and I had a great time, but I was pretty tired because yeah. I didn't really rest at all. And um, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm looking forward to maybe resting on Sunday. Yeah, <laughs> I, I just have like packed every day has been packed, packed full of stuff going on. But yeah, it's hard with no downtime. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, I mean, I managed to squeeze in watching The Exorcist for the hundredth time, yeah. probably. Just but. so that to completely refresh your memory. Yeah, because it's a long movie, and there's mm. stuff I uh, probably, I mean, I definitely had forgotten because it had been a, like, a few years since I watched it. But luckily, it's on Netflix. It was pretty easy for me to like access. I didn't have to try mm. or anything. So um, anyway, what's new with you? Um, well, I'm definitely in the same boat of, um, you know, having weekends that are not relaxing, um, mostly because now, so my son has been doing a club sport for a long time now, um, with hockey, but, uh, my husband does all of the management of that, like drives him to all the tournaments, takes him to all the practices, like keeps track of all that stuff. And, um, I literally have no idea when he's doing what I'm just no, sometimes I know when they're going to be gone so that I'm not cooking for them. That's it. And then Grace, she started a club sport, so she just joined a club volleyball team this year. And so now that's my job. 
And it's literally like, oh, so instead of having a relaxing slash productive Sunday, I'm spending 10 solid hours straight in a convention center with nowhere to sit and nothing to eat and no in and out parking privileges. That sounds <laughs> like a nightmare. Like hot garbage. <laughs> yeah. No, it sucks. And so that was two weekends ago that... Um, um, I think it was President's Day weekend. So that was three days in a row. So it was like an eight hour day, a 10 or 11 hour day, and then like a six hour day. Last weekend, there was only one day, but it was a one day tournament in Turlock. I don't even know what that means. It's, what are the words you're it's saying? It's a thing. Um, and so it was a, I'm not spending $200 on a hotel room in Turlock to drive up the night before. But she has an 8 a.m. game that she has to be at at 7, which means we had to wake up at 4 to drive to Turlock and then be there all day and then drive home. And so I'm like, wow, we can suck now. <laughs> um, so I'm very excited that this weekend she has no volleyball. <laughs> I'm like, this yeah. is amazing. Um, but yeah, and that's, it's not... I feel like with with these club sports, like often, you know, there's a more intense time of year and then, you know, it's I mean, it doesn't go through the summer. It's, you know, um, so I'm kind of maybe in the roughest part of it right now, but I'm not a fan. <laughs> you don't you don't like I'm loving all of this. No, no. I'm the sports mom. I always wanted to be. No. And I'm not like. You know, I'm a I'm a kind of a fundamentally selfish person. I'm the youngest in my family. I have those character <laughs> traits of like, well, no, I don't want to do that. Like, why? And you would think that becoming a parent erases that from you, but it doesn't entirely. <laughs> um, and I have a very wonderful husband who's the oldest in his family. So he got all the great birth order traits of being the oldest of three. Um, and so I feel like he's allowed for me to really not completely grow out of some of my <laughs> shittier baby traits because it's like, he's, like, he's just like, well, Katie's just a turd. That's yeah, she, she, she just doesn't share her food. And she like, <laughs> she hisses at people when they ask for like a bite. She's like, these are my fries. They're not for the table. Because like, on, you know, it's this idea of seeing your kid do something that they love doing and compete and succeed is supposed to be rewarding. Rewarding enough that you don't mind these like colossal inconveniences. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, no, I do, I do mind. I mind. I mm. mind big time. <laughs> yeah. So um, I'm still adjusting to that. I'm sure, you know, I mean, I'll probably never be uh, the mom that I should be in that like very, it's all about you, darling. And whatever makes you happy is fine with me. Especially since you know that I have like this pervasive back problem where it's like, standing for eight out of the 10 hours and then for the remaining two sitting in a shitting folding chair mm -hmm. not great for a back injury <laughs> no i know you need to find like a nanny that's like it's all for you damien like she'll maybe she'll embrace it <laughs> nice little overlap there no i told my my sister-in-law that lives in chicago and she you know wants to come back to california at some point and um, we're always talking about like, oh, when you come back this, when you come back this. And I, actually, I was like, you need to move back now 
so you can do this volleyball tournament bullshit because I'm already over it. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm done with this, Grace. I love you, but... Um, yeah. I'm like, you're going to love the joy on her face enjoy, and you can tell me all about family. it when you get home. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. Tell me, take a picture and send it to me. Yeah. And, yeah, you yeah. Know, I mean, you don't phones and videos are so easy now. Why do I have to be there? <sighs> I mean, sometimes, sure. Uh, not all the time, though. That's a little, <laughs> you know, who needs that? Nope. Yeah. Well, I mean... Sorry, that sucks. Yeah, but, uh, but the the bright side is, like I said, there is no volleyball this weekend, so I am here. I am doing, you know, what I want to do, what's important to me, because that's what I really care about, which is talking to you about The Exorcist. Scary movie. Scary movie. Oh my gosh. So uh, are you gonna? You're you're okay. giving us our recap this time around. Yeah. Well, you know, I have my gigantic post its. Uh, they're they're kind of cool. hilarious. They're like the granny panties of post-its. <laughs> like they go all the way they're up massive. to your bra. <laughs> they're like half a sheet of paper. They are. Um, and they're green and or pink or orange, depending on which ones I'm using. You know, and she does, people, she never sticks them to anything. So I don't know why she doesn't use paper, just like regular paper. I don't need your negativity, okay? <laughs> I'm just saying. And you're stifling me. <laughs> Maybe I want to stick it into You're like, I want to know pile. that there's glue on it if I need the glue on it. Maybe I want to stick it in an uneven pile. Yeah. And stop trying to infringe on me, mm -hmm. your... Yeah. Like put paper choices. Have, have I ever okay. told you about with um, our little the post-it joke from um, Romeo and Michelle's high school reunion? Do you remember that? I remember she's like I invented post-its or yeah. whatever. But it's Mira Servino who has like kind of an interesting way of speaking. Post-it. And so she's like post-it. 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 It's a little bit like that. Um, the girl from Stanford that started that <laughs> <blood> project. <gasps> she has a little oh, bit of that. Yes, yeah, the, her, her speaking style. Like, she talks like this. Yeah, and so Mira is not like, nearly oh, that bad, but she has that, I invented post-its. Post-its, yeah. Well, I'm using these giant post-its right now. Um, <laughs> to tell us all about. To tell you all about it. An incredibly I influential movie. Because I can see that. it's a two-hour film, and there's a lot of stuff to say. Lay so. it on us. I'll lay it on you. Let's see if I can do even, like, surpass your, your shortest synopsis. Ha, ha, ha. Ha, ha, ha. Apparently, <laughs> this is the night that we pick on each other. <laughs> I, know. I know. You're, like, mad about my paper. Am I'm I? Mad. I didn't mean to communicate Stop that Stop being vibe. so angry. Take a sip of your wine and sit back. Okay. I'm going to All right. I'm, I'm going to let go and let tell. God. Okay. Speaking of God. Speaking of God. Okay. Katie, so, I'm glad you brought that up. <laughs> <laughs> so The Exorcist uh, film, um, released in 1973. It opened with a weird desert scene. I'm not sure if there's an Arabic song. I'm not sure if it's a call to prayer. I am uh, really bad. Was at, it an imam? I'm, yeah, I'm very bad at knowing these things. Um, and it's there in northern Iraq. There's like a, um, is it like a? stamp like a location stamp or something that's on a film that tells you where they are is that what it's called like a stamp i don't know there's okay. probably a term for it yeah whatever. i'm not in the filmmaking industry myself i'm not either and yet we have a podcast so whatever um well, anyway they're northern iraq there's an excavation site there's a kid running through uh lots of people working there and he runs to uh, an older man who's like sort of bent over and doing like digging things and he says they found small pieces of something and there's an oldie pasty white man there that he's speaking to um 
there's artifacts uncovered. There's a small statue, and they seem pretty significant to this older man, but you don't really know why. Yeah, um, except for the fact that he's the only white man there. He's the only white man. He seems to be, like, running things yeah. a little bit, like, in charge. Um, and the next scene shows this man... He's got that cis white male vibe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, in the next scene, he's... The, the same guy is, like, shaking, taking these tiny little breath mint pills, but I don't think they're breath mints. They seem yeah. to be, like helping him um he's shaking he seems to be having some sort of like episode of some kind i don't know what's wrong with him but he's he seems kind of okay after taking the medicine um and then it's the scenes are kind of disjointed there's like yeah the opening sequence is you you really feel lost right and you're like well i don't really know what's happening so i'm just telling like scene listeners like from scene to scene what what's going on um and they seem to be there for a reason, I think. So, I mean... Yeah, I, feel, I mean, like, it's an <laughs> archaeological like dig. And so it's it's like a uh, creepy Indiana Jones scenario. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the priest tells another man uh, later in, an, I guess, an old artifact office-looking place that he has something that he must do. Uh, he returns to the dig site, and he's kind of laboriously walking. Um, he sees creepy statue. He sees a man staring at him. There's dogs fighting. There's a sunset, and it seems ominous. And then the scene fades to a skyline in Georgetown. Um, it is at this point where we meet Ellen Bernstein. Uh, her her character's name is Chris. Ellen B- Bernstein is the act- actress who plays her, um, and I love her. Yeah, she's um, amazing. Yeah, she's working. Um, it's late at night and it's a dark house she goes walks over to down the hall to check on her daughter and she keeps hearing like a weird noise coming from the attic and uh, she tells her crew i said in quotes um carl and his wife they're kind of like the groundskeeper slash cook people who like work for her yeah because she's an actress yeah they're like living there kind of temp i mean long term but temporarily for the movie she's working on yeah exactly yeah so she's got she's got employees she's got her employees um she said he better get some rat traps and he's like he insists it's like a clean attic he's He's like like, there's no rats there's no rats and she's like well i heard something so Next, we see our mom character, Chris. Uh, she's an actress, like uh, Katie mentioned, filming a scene with a big crew, extras in Georgetown. It's pretty apparent she's a big deal. Yeah. Because um, she's the se- hot shit in the movie. Yeah, it seems like a like um, a very professional, like a lot of money being mm-hmm. put into this. Um, and then during the scene, there's a priest watching the filming as well. Lots of people watching this film happen because yeah. uh, it's out in public and um later we see our actors walking home the extra his music starts it's like dee 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 whatever <laughs> um and the priest is overheard that same like brunette um priest who was watching the movie earlier mm-hmm. uh he's, he's got a little bit of a godfather vibe he like, does he's italian <laughs> but he's got the dark hair the dark eyes he's very, very dark yeah like kind of He's, he's very, um, and it's referred to later in the movie as, like, he has a definite, like, a boxer kind of looking guy. Yeah, he looks yeah. like a boxer. Um, so he seems to stick out a lot as a priest, like, not your frail, old, pasty white man, like a guy yeah. who's very... Well, yeah, and even if you're not old as a priest, you're usually a pasty, young white man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But this guy's virile, he seems, like, strong, um, dark hair, handsome, um, anyway, she's walking down the street home, um, and she overhears his priest. He seems to be talking to another guy and talking about, like, how he's lost faith, and, and this priest is helping, you know, counsel him at Georgetown. I think he's the Georgetown, like, priest who, like, lives oh, for the uh, university on the university. Oh, the university or something? Okay. Yeah. Um, 
So then at this point, we officially meet Regan, her daughter, talking to her mom about her day, seeing a beautiful horse. She's being silly with her mom. Um, the baby, the babysitter, I called her babysitter, but then I decided, like, she's the nanny, essentially. Well, and she's also kind of Chris's assistant a little yeah, bit. Yeah, she's like the nanny, but like kind of part of the family, but also yeah, she like does like She does kind of like um, work, like scheduling work type stuff for Chris, too. And she's, yeah. Like an all hands. Yeah. Person. Um. So, the uh, nanny's also there as well. Um, they're just kind of being silly, hanging out yeah. and stuff. And then um, this same priest that we had seen earlier, we don't have a name for him yet. He's walking through kind of a, a tougher area to his mom's house. She feeds him. She wraps her leg. He asks her again to let him take her somewhere else where um, she would be safe. Yeah. But and they're she, speaking Italian to each other in this scene, Greek. right? It's Greek? Greek? I thought well, she was Italian. I always thought it was Italian. See, this is what I mean about it. Because his name watch. is Karis. I didn't... Um, well, in Netflix, on Netflix, it, like, I always... Because I'm kind of... like I have tinnitus, so, like, my ears are ringing all the time, <laughs> yeah. which is a weird off thing <laughs> well, to say. A lovely thing to experience. Exactly. So, but I always have the... Um, the subtitles. subtitles on and it said speaking Greek speaking Greek they're Greek speaking Greek and oh, I was wow. like oh my gosh like so long I've seen this movie and it always assumed he's Italian yeah, like and they're speaking too. Italian I had no idea so um he was like you're just sitting here listening to Greek radio radio mm-hmm. and by yourself and yeah. and you need to be around people and she's like no I'm fine she's pulling and, that like that old lady thing of like this is my home I'm gonna die here type pretty thing much. my nana and did the same thing yeah 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 <laughs> and and she had I feel I get the impression I don't really know what's wrong with her legs but I have a feeling it's like abscesses or something going on maybe she's diabetic um, yeah and he like wraps her legs and um so he's dealing with that. She won't be persuaded. And you get, I get the impression they've had this conversation probably many oh, yeah. times yeah. before. Um, then we cut to seeing Reagan, a scene with Reagan and uh, Chris in the basement. Uh, Chris pulls out a Ouija board and asks Reagan, uh, where did it come? Where does it come from? And Reagan says, it came from the closet. Her mom asked to play and she... Um, comments to Reagan that it takes, you know, two people to play and she's walking over and Reagan sort of offhandedly says, oh, no, I mean, I play all the time uh, by myself. Yeah. Uh, Chris reaches for the planchette and it moves across the board away from her on its own. And she says, well, I guess you really don't want me to play, which uh, Reagan responds that it's Captain Howdy that said no. Um, So then Reagan sits down, puts her hand on the planchette and asks, um, you know, ask some questions and uh, do you think my mom is pretty yeah do you think my mom's pretty <laughs> and waits for captain howdy to give answers but like nothing happens um so then later chris is tucking reagan in and she asks reagan what she would like to do for her birthday um they decide to go see some washington sites reagan makes a comment about burke coming to her friend slash the director of that movie yeah and and she's like i know you like him and um, she's like no we're just friends yeah. you know and she's like well it'd be fine if you liked him more than that and she's like no you know i promise we're you know we're just you know friends mm-hmm. um so meanwhile uh the priest is at a bar and he's like hanging out with another an actual pasty white priest who's there <laughs> and we hear his name is Damien. Um, his mom calls him Dimmy. Dimmy, 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 why you do this? Dimmy. Um, so Damien Cross, Father Cross, and he's telling a fellow priest 
um, that he needs to be stationed somewhere else. He's stationed at Georgetown as the priest. And he says it's all wrong for him, that he needs to be transferred because he needs to be closer to his mother. Um, and also, s- aside, he's losing his faith. Right. So that's happening, too. Um, and then, I, like as I mentioned, there's a lot of disjointed scenes. So um, Is this then, where Pasty White Priest goes into the church building? Yeah, then we see... Well, before that, we see Chris trying to get hold of Reagan's dad. She's super upset, yelling at an, oper- an operator, saying she's been on hold for like 20 minutes, trying mm-hmm. to get to Rome, like on the on the horn. I've given you the number 10 yeah. times. Yeah, she's like really upset because um, she just wants... Reagan's dad to call her on her birthday like yeah. that's not much to ask and yeah. she and Reagan is listening and um from her bedroom and then she just kind of like resigns herself I think she starts getting ready for bed and gets into her own bed and then the next scene you see the phone ringing um Chris wakes up to answer it's a call from the set to get up I think super early in the morning yeah um and then she like looks over and sees Reagan in the bed with her like we had just seen her go to bed in her own bed Mm -hmm. and she's not there she's in the bed with her and she says Chris or excuse me Reagan what are you doing here and Reagan said I couldn't get to sleep um the bed kept shaking Mm -hmm. and I couldn't fall back asleep she's kind of drowsy and she falls back asleep Mm -hmm. so then Chris um wakes up she gets out of bed and she hears that cre- crazy, like, crackling sound it's like again. It's yeah. like a scratching. Yeah. Um, she opens up the attic ladder and, like, decides to, like, climb up. And in the audience, we see Reagan as awake. And she's, like, listening yeah. to what's going on. And Chris goes upstairs, uh, up into the attic. She goes to investigate and has a candle. And you keep hearing that scratching sound. Mm -hmm. And the um, filmmaker makes sure to show us as audience that the the mousetraps have the cheese. Nothing is, like, messed with them at all. They're they're completely untainted and touched. Mm -hmm. And um, Chris is, like, approaching this crazy sound. And then suddenly the flame in her candle, like, gets really big, like, crazy. And then blows out. And then Carl is, like, suddenly appears in that, like, um, where the ladder goes up. Opening, And the door. And he's like, hey, you know, I told you there were no rats. He's like, ah, you scared the shit out of me. So that's how that ends. But it seems like there's something going on. Yeah. And it seems it alludes to Reagan knowing. Yeah, because she, she's yeah she's she already had aware. like these connections with this Captain Howdy that you know seems innocent at the time, and then oh her bed's shaking. Okay, kids say stupid shit, but then you see like oh the mom is exploring this suspicious thing, and she's laying there in bed with her eyes wide open, just kind of like listening and waiting, knowing that her mom is going into something. So she knows something's going on. Definitely. Something is de- uh, wrong, yeah. for sure. Uh, then you, then we have the scene where the, the uh, church, uh, the church Mary's been vandalized, and um, it has boobs and a dick. I said here in my notes, demon horn and Madonna boobs. <laughs> yeah, and the dick <laughs> like is, the like, pointy, too. They're just, like, like horns. Like... They're, like, dick horn. I don't really know. Yeah, and, um, no, it's... So I said in my notes, Satanism is afoot. 
in, <laughs> in, in the church. We don't know who it, where it is, but you, I get the but impression. But they have paper mache, yeah. so look out. <laughs> I get the impression it is on Georgetown campus in the yeah. church. Some shit, crazy shit's happening. Yeah, because it does seem yeah. like with the scenes of the walking and everything that their house, like Reagan's house, is not far it's from super this close. church. Yeah, it's it's really and close. And then, you know, Father Karras, you know, probably lives in, um, you know, the, the buildings on that uh, church campus. So he's physically in the, you know, not far away I mean, away he's, like, either. in the dorms, because yeah. that priest is walking back from that party, and mm-hmm. he walks by, like, college kids, and then Father mm-hmm. Karras is in one of the dorm rooms, um, being sad about stuff. Oh, you uh, mean he thinks he's, you think he's one of the student dorms? I think he lives, like, on the campus, at least in a student dorm, probably. Mm-hmm. Okay. I don't know. Um, yeah. Yeah, I don't... Just with that, I mean, he's... he's the, super, I mean, the church probably is, like, close. a rectory. Yeah. That you would think that yeah. he'd be... Yeah. But I don't know. That's all definitely physically. Close I don't together. know the rules of what they do in that church, so that's what. <laughs> and also, it's um, fiction. Well, lucky for so. you, I have our parish priest you know, on the line to answer all these questions for us. Get him on the horn, us. thanks. He's. Oh. Did you live in the? You know, Tell dorm? us more. Tell us your take. <laughs> so, um, Satanism afoot. Father Damien or Cross is in a. Um, the next scene, he's like rushing to a hospital slash sanitarium. It's a state hospital because it's kind of crappy. And uh, he goes to check on his mom. He was called there. He's, she's in the bed. She's kind of out of it. Um, she's she's like, what do you put me here? And, yeah. and his, her brother's there. And he's like, she like had a psychotic break of some yeah. kind. She was like talking to the radio. Um, and he... Damien or Demi promises to get him out to get, or get her out of yeah. there. Um, but he isn't able to. And later she dies off screen. And we hear about this death at Chris's party full of people and like one of his friends who's a priest as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and people are very drunk and um, a very drunk Burke, who's the director, is starts a fight uh, with uh, Carl, like one of the caretakers. Oh yeah, because like Carl, an yeah, and stuff. Carl is German, right? I don't know. Well, he says he's Swiss, but oh, like okay. I'm not really. In, in any case, he's kind of a shitter. Burke is. Yeah. Um, he makes it all political when everyone's just trying to have a nice cocktail everyone's party. Everyone's like, what the hell? Okay, so um, Reagan seems to go to bed. She's having. Well, she was having a great time at the party, and then she goes to bed. Yeah. And then only to reappear later, um, once a lot of the guests have left, and there's people kind of drunkenly hanging out playing the, the piano. piano. Yeah. yeah. And she reappears um, in her nightgown, kind of out of it. And mm-hmm. and she tells this one of the party goers, you're going to die up there. Mm-hmm. And then she pees on the floor. Yeah. Um, she's once again put back to bed and um, then later calls for help um, because this whole bed, her whole bed was just like shaking off yeah. the floor. It was crazy. And Chris jumps on the bed to try to stop it. And it was like, it, Does was, nothing. it was crazy. Yeah. Chris takes her to the doctor. I mean, she's an actress. She has a lot of money. She takes her to the doctor, um, you know, and they say it's seizures. And it's happening because there's, like, a lesion on her brain. And, you know, all the stuff is happening because of that. So, yeah. But, like, Chris is, like, calling bullshit on that. Because she's like, no, she wasn't, the bed wasn't shaking because she was having a seizure. Well, it she's was like, bouncing me up and down off crazy. the floor with me on it. Like, yeah. that, that wasn't her... Her, her seizure body. doing that. Like, that that's was, not possible. That was crazy. Um, they don't they're believe all like, her. Oh, uh, they're like, sure, you're woman. a hysterical woman. <laughs> um, so then we see Reagan get a very painful procedure um, to get pictures of the brain. And they don't find anything. And Reagan is at home having seizures. Um, 
the doctors come. She bitch slaps the doctor yeah, as does. he stands there, just like stand there in shock, seeing yeah. her just being like thrown around like a rag doll, basically. Um, but then, then there's also like the aggression starting yeah, to appear in her behavior. It's very crazy. Um, she she's yelling like fuck me and like being screaming like saying stuff that's like really out of character for her and also a 12 year old girl that, yeah. that's that's nice or really for a human all together yeah it's pretty <laughs> a <crazy>. human person <laughs> then she got sedated um they're like give her drugs and they like put a bunch of like injected her because she was going crazy yeah um, then the a smarmy, I call them a smarmy doctor, yeah. <laughs> asshole dickbag. Um, <laughs> he has like stupid explanations. He asks for another procedure. Uh, it's a painful one. Nothing more is found. And then finally, after all this shit and wanting answers, cr- for, you know, Chris is like, what the hell? You know, the doctors finally say that it's uh, time to look for a psych- psychiatrist. Something yeah. is really happening to her. They don't know what it is. Um, Chris drives by um, a crowd and uh, it's kind of late at night. She sees a crowd there and um, around these stairs, there's police being drawn to something. She returns home to her quiet house. Uh, she's been told, like, not great news by these doctors. Yeah. Um, and she finds Reagan sleeping in a freezing room with yeah. the door or the window, the like, window wide open, yeah. open and, and it's really, really cold. And Berg is nowhere to be found, even... Um, he was the one that was supposed to be staying with Reagan while she went yes, and out the, that night. The nanny had, like, returned home. She's <clears> like, <throat> I went to go get her Thorazine or whatever, and yeah. I left Berg here. Left he Berg was here. Him. And she's like, you should have known better than to leave him with her, you know, leave him here. He's not, like, super responsible. And we all know he's a pedophile. He, we all know he's a, a crazy drunk. Um so then the psychiatrist tries to hypnotize later or well Well we find we, out the crowd yeah, yeah, yeah. at the bottom okay. of the steps. Let me go back. Um so that crowd was there for a reason. Somebody shows up and they're like Burke was found dead. He had fallen down the stairs and he, he had died and they're yeah. like, Oh my gosh, it's, these stairs crazy. that are underneath Reagan's window. Yeah, I mean it's a coincidence. It's, it know. happens. <laughs> I mean I have stairs under my window, lots of people have died there. Sure, sure. So then a psychiatrist hypnotizes Reagan. Uh, I said here, it doesn't go well. Reagan slash the demon grabs the psychiatrist's junk. Yeah, she does. <laughs> um, and it just goes horribly. Demon like, Reagan is kind of horny. She's such a dick. She's like, yeah. I'm going to like punch you right in the dick yeah. and, make, and, you know, bitch Let's slap you. Let's do this. Let's do this. It's crazy. <laughs> so then, Come uh, at me, bro. Uh, right. <laughs> then a homicide detective um, goes to talk to Father Cross. Um, is it Karis or Karas? They say Karis in Karis, the movie. Okay. And I think that that's why I always thought it was um, Italian, because when I just looked it up after you said it was Greek, I always envisioned it being spelled with a C. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why seeing it with a K goes, oh, yeah, that's Greek. Karis. <laughs> like, in my head, seeing it spelled with a C made it seem Italian. You, like, move your hands like an yeah. Italian. Hey, it's a okay. C. So it's Father not a Karis. K. Father Karis. Um, but, yeah, they, they, it's Father Karis. <gasps> okay. So Karis explains that... Um, the victim, Burke, had his head completely, or no, he goes to fa- talk to Father Karras, and the homicide detective explained that the victim had his head completely turned around, and he wants to know, as a psychiatrist at Georgetown, who works there, if he had had any patients that he was working with on campus. Yeah. Um, that Have would we actually be... said that, that Father Karras, in addition to being a priest, is a psychiatrist? Um, we hadn't really, I don't think. Yeah. Um, well, maybe I did. I can't remember. But any, he, that's his post. He's like yeah. a psychiatrist as well. He's 
he's he's very educated um, on the yeah. mind and also which is probably I mean maybe that's supposed to be the root of his um, losing uh, yeah his faith. his crisis of faith is that yeah. he's he's scientifically minded but then yeah. he's also pursued this lifestyle of faith and those two things coming into conflict is yeah know. they like butt heads maybe yeah. a little bit um, so he said um, you know. Is there anything amiss that you've dealt with with the patients on campus that would do something like this yeah. or, or be, you know, like alarming to you? And, um, you know, he says no. Um, you know, then he he's sort of like, well, I he knows this information now. He knows that somebody had done this to somebody, like Father Karras. Mm-hmm. And but he done the homicide detective was like, I don't really know. You know, like, we'll be in touch. Yeah. Basically. And then we cut to Chris dealing with more doctors, a room full, and they're saying it may be possession at this point. Like, they've done all these tests that, you know, she mentions that they... Like, we detected demons in her blood. (laughs) There's demons in this blood. You need some cocaine. (laughs) Go do some cocaine about it. I know. Um, she, She mentioned that there was, like, they... She'd taken her Reagan to see like eighty plus doctors yeah. at this point. It had yeah. been like a lot. Yeah, and I think that's what her, Ellen Burstyn's uh, performance in this is so I- impactful because you can see like she's the lengths that she's going to to try and care for Reagan and solve this, and then like anybody who's even just like you know tried to navigate Kaiser to get a blood test or something like how frustrating that can be in that yeah. like the the medical field and the different specialists and then going from this person to this person and hearing this all these people tell you the same thing and to just when it's your kid yeah. you're just freaking the fuck out you're like list like that's not that's not what's happening why can't anybody help her Exactly. And she's also going through it alone. Yeah. Because she's her no dad's like and, out of the yeah. picture completely. And, yeah. um, and she's got all this money in the world to throw at it and it's still not fixing the problem. Exactly. Like they still can't tell her what's wrong. They can't fix the problem. Right. Yeah. Um, so she's really upset. I mean, she's a, like rightly so. She's dealing with some yeah. crazy stuff and, and it's pretty it's pretty bad. And there's probably a little bit. There's an undercurrent of misogyny there of like, you know, we joked about like, oh, you're just hysterical. It's like the, you know, the. The, the credit that they're giving her statements about, like, this happened and this happened, or she's not normally like this. They're like, oh, okay, honey, well, listen, let me tell you what's going on. Like, yeah. because it is, a, it's the early 70s. Like, they're not gonna... Like, women could barely have a checking account. Right. They're not so. gonna be really giving a lot of credence and respect to what she was actually communicating to them. Right. Which would be frustrating on top of her fear and concern. Totally. Yeah. Um... You, you know, and, and also she's an actress. Maybe they were like, well, you're just being, like, dramatic. Dramatic, yeah. that's your job. Yeah, to, like, or maybe they assume because she's an actress, she's an idiot. Or a drug user. You know, somebody who's not even reliable. Yeah, I mean, maybe she was. But, maybe. Know. Who knows? But Sometimes using drugs <laughs> makes you more reliable. <laughs> so, at this point, the doctor suggests an exorcism, um, you know, should be... Yeah. happening. That's always bad news when your doctor <laughs> recommends an exorcism. Well, they're just saying, you know, like the patient thinks she has an alien yeah. spirit or something alien within her. So maybe an exorcism yeah, would be helpful. Yeah, if it's helpful. a psychological condition, yeah. then play into it right, to exactly. break her out of it. So then we see the homicide detective go to the stairs where this ha- happened to Burke. And he looks up and sees Reagan's window. Mm-hmm. Um, so then at this point, the, the t- homicide detective also finds some clay art. And then, uh, like the clay um, figures created by Reagan, also, which is uh, not great. Yeah. Um, so then he um, goes 
Wait, hold on. Sorry. Ooh, my notes are kind of. Oh, so <laughs> were then you he... drinking when you took these notes no, too? No, 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 like I me not. last time. I wasn't. <laughs> so then he goes to Chris's house and he like asks her some questions. Um, she, he he's like, you know, what's going on? You know, can you tell me about your daughter? You know, what happened to? I know you guys were friends. Yeah. Uh, I'm really sorry for your loss. You know, but uh, you he was at your house. Um, he was the last person, or you know, your he, daughter right was before, the last person to yeah. see him before he died. Can yeah, I like talk to right, her? Right, right there before he died, like twenty minutes. It's like a really crazy time frame, you yeah. know. Um, and she's like, "Well, Reagan was really sick. You know, she's heavily sedated. She's, you know, and um, I don't know. I mean, I'll have to ask her who she saw or if she noticed yeah. anything when she's better. You know, yeah. But she's like hyper protective of Reagan. <gasps> she's at that super point, protective, so she's and gonna... I think also some things are starting to. Wheels are starting to turn. Like yeah. I think she's like connecting, but this uh, might this be. This is the point in the possession movie where the parent starts believing that something demonic is actually happening to their. <laughs> she's kid. like something didn't yeah. happen. That something's not right. I yeah. don't know what. And then we cut to the infamous scene when the homicide detective has left, and then suddenly Reagan's like ah! screaming. <laughs> um, so she goes to Reagan's room. There's stuff flying everywhere. Mm-hmm. Regan's stabbing her lady parts with a cross, crucifix. A crucifix yeah. yelling, let Jesus fuck me. She has, She's all bloody. She's like really injuring herself. She grabs her mom by the face. Like she bitch slaps her mom. She grabs her mom and like shoves her in her pussy. And like it, it's it the craziest it's, yeah. scene I've ever seen on, in a horror movie. It's a little overwhelming. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, and then like she's like Chris is like just like punched in the face yeah. and and like really hugely assaulted, mm-hmm. and then a huge chest of drawers like scoots across the room mm-hmm. and like falls onto her and the door slams shut because her like people who work for her are trying to help her and right. um, they I can't get in. I remember reading that um, she actually got injured filming that scene. I think and so, so. Like one of the screaming sound effects was legitimately like Ellen Burstyn screaming because she had actually been harmed. Yeah. In doing the, and then and they still used the sound effect. Well, yeah. I mean, when you, it, was pro- it was legit. It's legitimate. <laughs> like just you know keep it in there. Um, so now it's time for an exorcism. Yeah, That's now what we're I not wrote. fucking around anymore. Get We need an old priest and a young priest. Get them in here. Yeah, I wrote it on my paper uh, with an underline. Um, so now now we know it's serious. So Chris goes to Father Karras asking for an exorcist. And he he's... He's a psychiatrist. He's like, you don't need, you know, we need to travel back in time because yeah, you're crazy. That's cra- not what you we know. do. But, no. Yeah. Um, he's like super, super cynical. He's like, I don't know what you're talking about. She's like, he's like, take your doctor. And she's like, I've already seen like a fuck- Every single <laughs> fucking doctor. <laughs> like a metric fuck ton of doctors. <laughs> like, I need something else. And yeah. um, he agrees to go and see for himself, essentially, what, what's going on. But he's in full-on skeptic mode. Like, oh, he thinks totally. he's going to go see a girl who's in like some... Like a schizophrenic psych- or an yeah, episode. Yeah, or like, having not, an episode not at all kind. prepared for what he's actually about to confront. Totally. So he relents and goes to visit, asking... Uh, questions to Reagan, um, and he's super cynical about this de- demonic possession. It's his first encounter, um, and she, Reagan is fully messed up, demon possessed. Reagan, that's what yeah, I put in my notes. And she's, she's fully like tied down to the bed at yeah. this point. She's not there's, like, free, freewheeling. No, no, there's like mattress. Yeah, everything's pa- padded to keep her safe, and her wrists are tied to the bedpost, and. 
Yeah, um, it's it's dire. She it's looks, like Gerald's game shit. <laughs> yeah, she looks rough. Um, he <laughs> he, chal- Regan is like fucking with him, basically the yeah. demon. Yeah, the and demon. um, it it's fucking with him, and he challenges the demon. Um, cause he's like, how's your mom? Your mom's here too. Cause his mom had just died. And, right. um, he, he's like, well, what, what's my mom's middle name? And she doesn't know it. Yeah, she like changes the subject. She's like, yeah. well, you know, whatever. And he's like, no, what's his, her middle name? And yeah. then she responds by giving him a face full of green vomit. <laughs> Anderson's <laughs> pea soup. Anderson's pea soup. <laughs> <laughs> um, so he's like, oh shit. And then he, um, like, that's disgusting, but oh, you still don't know her middle yeah, name. <laughs> exactly. Well, I forgot also to mention that he'd recorded her. He, like, set up a recording device yes, yeah. for, to listen to Reagan um, so he could listen to it later because he's a scientist, you yeah. know. Um, Collecting he, data. Yeah, exactly. So he, you know, Ellen Bernstein's character, Chris, like, like irons his shirt and stuff, like washes yeah. it because it's, like, oh, it's disgusting. Oh, did my daughter vomit on you? Let me take care of that for you. <laughs> right. This is 1973. Let me clean your clothes. Yeah, um, so then he... He's sitting there um, listening to, he, you know, um, he, her, he goes back to talk to Chris and he, you know, she's, he gives him a scotch. Yeah. He's like, I need a scotch. I, I need a stiff drink. Tricky. And he's like, I don't know. He's super still cynical because he's like, yeah. I told your daughter it was holy water and I threw it on her and she's screaming. She's very agitated. Uh, but it was not. It was tap water. Yeah. So he's still cynical. Like, yeah. He still thinks that this isn't, she's like it's full, not a demon. This shit. is, you know, a child um, in a. Yeah. And then it's at this point that Chris says, I think my daughter killed Burke. Mm, yeah. um, I think she killed him and threw him out a window. Yeah. Um, and then Father Karras, um, he's like, okay. And then like later... Like a little record scratch moment. Yeah, he's like, oh, oh <laughs> Later, he's listening to his creepy-ass tape when he's... In, in, his, in his quiet little solo <laughs> dorm little, room. In his little solo alone dorm room. Where exactly where you want to be listening to a backwards recording <laughs> of a possessed child. I know, it's crazy. Um, he's called back to Chris's house by the nanny, where she shows him... Um, Reagan, he's like, I didn't wake up Chris. I'm letting her rest. Yeah. I don't want her to see this. And Reagan's like kind mm-hmm. of sleeping too. Like yeah. she's not active. She's like in a sedated state. Yeah. She's sleeping. Um, and then there's the words help me on her torso. Like raised it looks raised sort of like a branding looking um, yeah. thing. Not like a something inside her is sending that message. Yeah. Out. Help me. Help me. Father Karras. At this point, goes to the church asking for an exorcism. He's full He's on. Like, hey, this bitch not- is spelling shit on her skin. <laughs> not cynical anymore. Nope. Um, so then we have the incoming of Father Marin. He has had experience with exorcism. He's our wise old white dude from old the beginning. white guy from the very beginning. He's had experience with exorcism in his past. We see Reagan whispering slash gurgling, Marin, blah, 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 like, <laughs> like off to the side. There's like the priest like, hey, we should get Marin in on this. And he, yeah. she's like, Marin, blah, 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 like that on the side. <laughs> and you're like, oh, this is not good. Probably yeah. <laughs> if, the, if this demon is like. Yeah, if the, the demon knows the exorcist you're calling in. <laughs> she's like, this is tight. Get she's this. Like, I know that asshole. Get Bring this him old in white here. bitch in here. Okay. <laughs> we see Reagan whispering. Um, then we have our iconic foggy scene where the father, where the father Marin outside the arrives house. in the fog by taxi cab and he gets out. Yeah, and, and that was like, that was the movie poster mm-hmm. for the movie. But it was also the one, the, the last Conjuring movie did an homage to that when their exorcist arrived. 
oh, to yeah, the they house did. at the beginning. They, yeah. they tried to capture the same thing. Yeah. Um, I love that scene. I have like a pencil drawing, a charcoal drawing of it. Yeah. Um, I have to get it framed. I got it at the horror movie toy store in Vegas. And yeah. I was like, I need this for my house. And... Um, I'll put yeah. it up one day. But well, because at that point cool. in the movie, like, it's really, like, if you just looked at it in passing and had no idea of the context, you'd be like, this isn't, you know, special at all. But at that point in the movie, when you're understanding what's happening inside that house and you understand the the impact of the person arriving to mm-hmm. have, like, that silhouette of mm-hmm. Father Marin with the house in the distance and seeing, like, that he's arriving to do battle, like, that with you the have... With ultimate evil. Yeah, and you, ha- yeah. you have these opposing forces represented by what's going on in the house and him coming to fight it. Like, it's it's super impactful. Yeah. But if you had no... Cl- you'd be like, okay, it's, it's a dude standing in front of, like, a super normal house. Like, like a foggy old why is this important? Ha- brick house. Yeah, I, yeah, it's... um. As a viewer, if you are just watching us for the first time, you're like, okay, well, here's a, he's going to come save the day. Yeah. Mm. Mm. So. Yeah. <laughs> dot, dot, dot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um, the priest, he's, I call it pre-gaming. Yeah, They're gathering all their exorcism tools. Shots, 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 Exorcism tools. He's like, we need this, that, um, other things. You probably know it's Catholic stuff. Oh, uh, yeah. It's, I carry it in my backpack <laughs> to school every day. Um, so then they go into her room once they've, like, pre-gamed, at, gotten all their their uh, holy water, all of their religious rite stuff. Um, yeah. And they've swaddled themselves they swaddled in blessed themselves. garb. Yeah. And <laughs> you see a growly, wheezing Reagan. Um, she yells at him and um, hawks a loogie at his face. A big fucking loogie. You know, um, <laughs> as vengeance uh, for tossing w- holy water because he's like, fuck you, like splashing holy yeah. water. She's like, no, no. And he's like, anyway, blah, blah, you know, whatever. Um, he just does it very, like, casually. casually. <laughs> yeah, and she's like, water. the only weapon I have is my mucus. <laughs> my loogie. <laughs> my loogie. Um, and he starts praying, and Reagan slash the demon is super pissed. The ground shaking, growls commence, the bed starts levitating, the room shakes, shit breaks, head turns all the way around. All the way around. All the way around. Um, her, her head, not, not the priest. Um, <laughs> not Reagan's <yet. laughs> arm straps, like, rip off, and then Reagan starts, like, levitating. Um, she seems to be kind of a, an arresting kind of coma state yeah. at this point. And, um, she's in the zone. Yeah, like, her eyes roll back, and it's mm-hmm. just, like, white, and it's like, ah, and she's, like, up above the bed. Yeah. Is um, this the point where, and then like, it goes when, back she, down. when she first rips away from the restraints, and they show her in that pose, and then they superimpose the image of the statue from the opening scene? I think it's later. Her? Is I think that it's later? After, I think it's after yeah. this point. Okay. Um, or maybe it's during that point. He, like, ties her up. Because yeah, they do have to retie her. They like, retie her. Yeah. And then I think that is, like, she get they all get, like, knocked around. Yeah. And the Marin, like, looks up and sees that yeah. um, at some point. But I'm not, I mean, you could be right. I, I actually can't. It all, it all kind of muddles together. It does. This whole um, exorcism. Because yeah. that's what this this whole period, like, I don't know how in minutes, if it's the last 20 minutes, the last whatever, 30 minutes of the movie. Or if it's, like, of hours uh, of in, in this, like... In, in their in this, reality, yeah. Exactly. yeah. Um, but, like, the, you know, the, the culmination, the denouement of the movie is the exorcism of Reagan that the two priests are there to perform. And so, like, all of the conversations back and forth and they take breaks and they go back in and she's free and she's tied back up and it's like it really um 
communicates that idea that is in a lot of like exorcism based movies where it's like it's a drawn out battle mm-hmm. like it's it's a war that's being waged between these you know religious Good people and yeah, evil and evil yeah and yeah. it's not just something it's not just one um meeting one you know it, it's a it's a drawn out um process and so you get that in this movie where they go through all these different phases where you know they're praying and then she's free and then she's not and then she's active and then she's dormant and she's you know it it mm-hmm. really seems like it would be very taxing to be the uh religious individual in that definitely <laughs> yeah so um at this point after that um she Reagan's kind of gone into like a sleep state of some kind and 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 it's like when the baby rests we rest so Marin and the priest <laughs> and father Karen sleep when the baby sleeps <laughs> they they're like okay we're going to go rest mm-hmm. so they go into the hallway and they're sort of sitting there like like on the steps i think they're um, like kind of washing loogies off of their various mm, vestments yeah they're like oh gosh <laughs> So then Marin goes, I said, to the bathroom to go pop some pills. Um, and oh, yeah, because he's still taking his little... He's taking his little breath medication or whatever it Who is. Who knows what it is. He's, like, all a little shaky. Yeah. He looks... It's speed. He's, he's, he's ADHD. <laughs> he's, he's, he's got to go take his Adderall to, <laughs> to focus. Um, he, he's messed up. He's, he's yeah, clearly he's, worn out. He's seen some shit. Mm-hmm. He's been in the trenches for his entire career, and this is kind of like he thought he thought he he is the Danny Glover in Lethal Weapon mm-hmm. of Exorcists. Exactly, he's getting he's too like, old I'm for getting this too shit. Too old for this shit. Um, so he's doing that. He's sort of like collecting himself, taking medicine, and uh, Father Karras goes into Rangan's room. Um, you know, he checks her heart, you know, and he's like, something, you know, it's it's bad. Yeah. You know, what we're doing to her. Is he's he, Mr. Scientist. Yeah, because yeah. he's a scientist and um, he's checking on her. And then at this point, he, like, Regan's, the demon starts, like, being like, Demi, why do you leave me in here? Like, talking. his mom's voice, yeah. Like, his mother. And he's like, you're not my mom. <laughs> um, and he's sort of lost it. Like, he's held yeah. it together for a while now. And, and Father Marin comes in and he's like, you need to go. Yeah. Um, you need to get out of here. So he goes out and then Father Marin shuts the door um, and then um, he just starts praying. He starts praying to for, for Reagan and he, uh, I don't know how much time has come by, but then Father Karras goes back in it's, to it's check. It's all in one night though. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. I, so we know, I mean, we know the like the maximum amount of time it could be. Yeah. It's not like days. Yeah. So. He goes back in to check, and Father uh, Marin is, like, dead on the Fully bed. Fully dead. Fully dead. Regan's sitting there, sort of, like, docile, like, staring into space, like, eh, Look like, what whatever. I did. But she's not restrained anymore. She's no. fully not restrained. She's sitting there, looking yeah. at a dead priest. Yeah. And then she, she starts, like, giggling. She's, like, hee, 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 hee. Oh like, I'm so funny. This is so it's fun. And Father Karras gets, he starts, like, bitch-slapping Regan. Yeah, he's, he's like, hella mad. He's, he's like, what the fuck? He's, like, get out. You know, like. Get you know, out of this vessel. Get out of this vessel. Leave this girl alone. Like, get into me. Come into me. And then you see the demon jump from her yeah. to him. And his face, like, is his fully eyes possessed. Change. His eyes change. Yeah. Um, and then he, I but saw, he's I said it. he gets, he get, he's fighting it and he gets a moment of clarity. He's himself. And yeah. then he 
realizes what he has to do and he jumps from the window, yeah. um, Bregan's window, where Burke was thrown um, earlier yeah. in the movie. And he he takes his own life to yeah. save Reagan. Because he's um, like captured the demon inside his body. And then by destroying his body, he's, you know, ending the demon's reign or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. At least like helping helping the family. Yeah. Um, like he had said he would try to do, I think. Um so then Reagan seems back to herself there. The family packs up. They're they're out of there. They're yeah. they're done with this place. And um, they're like, fuck this house. <laughs> yeah. Karis dies. Uh, the family is able to move on and they move away. And um, that's sort of the whole the yeah. whole shebang. That, that was a very, very they all long. They lived happily ever after. They li- <laughs> Except for all the dead um, people. Reagan doesn't look great when you see her, but she doesn't. She, she, I mean, she has some skin skincare regimen in her future to recover from. Yeah, she looks a little bit older. And, yeah, Be- uh, being possessed does does you know a number on your skin. Yeah, yeah. So my question to you, Katie, is: Did you think this movie is <gasps> scary? Oh yes, I do. I do. This was actually one of um, my go-to movies when I was really little. And I would, um, it was, my my Nana had a handful of movies taped off of TV on VHS that when I would sleep over at her house and then she would go upstairs and go to bed and I would stay down with the big TV in her kitchen and um, watch the movies taped. Um, and so it was edited, so there were, there were definitely moments in the actual movie that I did not see until I was an adult. Mm-hmm. Um, but I loved it when I was a kid. And it definitely... It's it's frightening, you know. Oh yeah, it's yeah. um, it's all of the things. It's the the unknown, the intangible, the um, the invasiveness that something could, you know, uh, come into your body and take control of you. That um, there there's just so many elements, and then the scenes themselves, like the it's a kind of a slow build in the movie. Um, but as as it grows and as the scenes invest, like there's a lot of tension. There's a lot of like, what's happening? Oh, there's this. There's there's this indication. There's this, and it really builds and grows at a perfect trajectory to um, this this culminating scene of the actual exorcism. Um, that um, just like any horror movie, I feel like if you watch it in broad daylight with a bunch of your friends and you're talking and laughing and eating snacks and pausing it and going to the bathroom and everything, you're not going to be scared by it. Mm-hmm. But yeah. if you give yourself the opportunity to watch it in the quiet, in a dark room and focus and allow yourself to really be in the scene that they're setting, mm-hmm. this is a frightening scene to be to be pulled into. Totally. And Reagan isn't innocent. Like she is. she's like just a child that is like not Yeah deserving of any of this yeah and even even the small amount that you see of her in the movie before she becomes possessed they do a really good job of communicating that she is this this sweet earnest cheerful young girl yeah you know like you were describing when um the uh when chris is talking to the dad and she's like you know, over into the side, like listening in and overhearing her mom, like fight for her dad to call her on her birthday and the hurt that a young girl would be experiencing, knowing that her dad doesn't care enough really to make that happen. And that her mom is fighting for that to happen. Like you, you get a real, like a real idea of the humanity of this child Yeah. before they show you 
when once she's taken over and these horrible, disgusting things that she starts saying and she starts doing when the demon has control of her. Yeah. But they really, they create the character before they bastardize it in that way. Totally. And as a viewer, you can see, like, her mom's not lying. Like, that's not who she is, at, you know. No, um, she's, at all. she's darling. She's mm-hmm. a, she, and then at the end, like you were saying, like, she's a little road worn <laughs> from yeah, going through this experience. Like, she gives a pre- the priest a kiss. Yeah, because you know? she sees the cross around his neck mm-hmm. and she makes a connection between, she has this vague understanding that she was saved by whatever that cross represents. Mm-hmm. Um, there, she, she's just a, she's a perfect innocent, like you said. Yeah, yeah, you definitely. Know, and, and that, I mean, you kind of need that to make um, a movie like this because when you get into the vagaries of, like, a, a less than innocent individual being, you know, uh, man, you know, pulled into a situation like this, it's like, oh, well, you know, they weren't a great person. But when you take, a like, a child, mm-hmm. you know, a sweet child, like, good child, where there's, like, there's no contamination on this character. Yeah, um, and no, like, control of what's happening to you, like... Yeah. Um, There's no illusions right. about what's yeah. going on. Mm-hmm. Totally. Um, and that makes um, what they did with the character a lot more impactful. Right, yeah. And you just feel so bad for her and um, for Reagan and her mom. Like, her mom is an actress. Yeah, she has a lot of money. Yeah. She doesn't see super full of herself like she's just no. like throwing her weight around she's just like doing the best that she can she cares about her yeah. daughter she takes she's a her... super present for her daughter yeah, yeah. Um, she takes her to the doctor she's like I'm just trying to fr- see how I can help you and she's never like don't you know who I am like yeah. she's never yeah. like a you know jerk um, she just seems very vulnerable like yeah. her mom does um, throughout the whole movie and, and so you feel for her you're not like well who cares what this famous rich rich actress Rich bitch, yeah. is dealing with like you or you know you see her humanity and, absolutely like, um and, and ellen bernstein is amazing in this she stuff. is she's I, I love her in um last picture show too i think that's the other um performance of hers that i really love but um and i don't this is something where i think it might have been because they remastered this movie they re-released this movie a yeah. couple of yeah. and there was the point when they um added the superimposed images of the demon's face uh-huh. into a handful of moments in the movie where it was just kind of like a flash yeah. for you to um you know kind of see Subliminally, but not you know overtly. Yeah. Um, and like some the of white that, paint face. Yes. Paint, yeah. With yeah. The red that eyes. thing. Where it's almost like a kabuki ish. Yeah. You yeah. know, image. Um, I felt like that. I mean, it's a little cheesy. It's kind of like when they added you know digital job of the hut into like the <laughs> random when they re-released the, some of the Star Wars movies. Um, but it, it was scary too. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was like some vagaries about the source of the demon, the origin of the demon. They did this whole thing in the opening of the movie that's supposed to be telling you where the origin of this evil and the connection to Father I Marin. I mean, sort of. Like, they barely say anything at all. Yeah, so. but they spend a lot of time on it for not really giving <laughs> you. Have to make all you... these leaps. So you're like, yeah. what? I guess this is an old. Some old shitty demon. Yeah, a shitty demon with the fighting dogs in the yeah. desert. I don't know. I know. And all you know is Father Marin is dealing, he, 
he knows he something some dark. So, something dark is on the horizon again. Maybe yeah. I don't really. Yeah. And don't he's. Know. It's definitely like he's been doing battle with evil his entire life, his entire career. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the idea. Like <laughs> my favorite reference for this is actually in one of the Austin Power movies mm-hmm. when Doctor Evil's chair like goes haywire and it starts spinning and he can't like he's trying to push the buttons and get the chair to stop spinning. Yeah. And and Doctor Evil is like, I need an old priest. And a young priest, like his chair is possessed. <laughs> so it's like it's in it's in the the uh, ethos. <laughs> oh yeah, it's in every pulp like so many pulp culture references. Yeah, uh, abound. But I think that that's um, fundamentally for the for the movie that that idea that you have Father Marin that clearly we get the the foundation laid in the beginning of the movie that he has this history he he's faced the demons before he's maybe even faced this demon before he's looking into like the actual physical fundamental. Uh, origins of this demon with his excavations in these other countries and these idols that he's finding and then you're coming against Father Karras mm-hmm. who's the the new guy the young guy who's a psychiatrist with this scientific background that's maybe not even quite sure if he believes in God anymore and he's like the opposite end of the spectrum yeah and so yeah. to have those two characters teaming up you know, to try and help Reagan. It's, it's like, it's a fascinating little, um, ecosystem to, mm-hmm. that they created. Right. Yeah. Um, and Father Karras also says, oh, she's manifested three personalities or whatever, or like there's three. And, and he's like, there's only one, there's only one. It's a demon. It's lying to you. It's the father of lies. And it's yeah. like, you know, he's um, like, no, son, you, no. you don't know. This he's is... like, I'm, I'm speaking psychologist to you. And he's like, nah, nope. Nope. Nah, nope. This, We're is, gonna not, go get this <laughs> is not a schizophrenic. This is not a whatever. No, this is one demon. Yeah. And but we're going mean, to go fight him. He sort of just says, oh, Okay, like he doesn't fight back or push back at all. He yeah. just is like, okay. Well, maybe because mm-hmm. at that point, maybe Father Karras had seen enough. Mm-hmm. So maybe it was a little bit of like indoctrination of he is a priest of the church. And so he has respect and reverence for an older priest of the church. Mm-hmm. But also he's observed, uh, you know, enough of Reagan at that point that he was like, okay, maybe you're right. <laughs> yeah, like immediately. Like, yeah. Yeah, sure. So many years at Harvard, all through the sh- into the shitter because yeah. that that's a demon. Yeah, this is my first demon, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna bow to you on this. That's a demon. But do you, so, do you think that this is scary? Um, I mean, not now, obviously. Like, but I don't think anything's scary. But no, not anymore. But yeah, but when I saw it as a kid, um, I don't remember where I first saw it. I'm pretty sure it was like VHS, um, from Blockbuster. A lot had been cut out. Yeah. I was like, I want to watch this Exorcist movie. I'm going to watch it. It had been re-released because, um, you know, it was really hard to find for a long time. Really? Yeah. Uh, See, I don't know. It was on my, <laughs> my Nana's had, VHS had in her kitchen. <laughs> so I watched it, and I was like, oh, this is, this is really good. This is a, this is a crazy movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and I knew it had a lot of value in, in the storytelling and mm-hmm. um, backstory and, you know... Um, you could see why it was so just like frightening and you know crazy for people like back when it was released mm-hmm. um it was a game changer yeah definitely a game changer and i mean i i loved it i thought it was really good and yeah. i mean it was it's on par with one of my favorite movies which is rosemary's baby right. even though rosemary's baby is still my favorite yeah the exorcist is like a like a close it's a close um yeah. i don't know third or fourth 
Like, <laughs> Rosemary's Baby is number one. So I, I don't know what's in the middle. And then... And then the extras. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, you can only have so many favorites. But this is, like, I mean... Yeah. This is great. And, like, all the imagery, all the makeup, the writing, mm-hmm. all the efforts, the sound effects, like, everything makes it just, like, such... I wouldn't say, like... Um, amazingly enjoyable i would say thrilling where you're just like oh like yeah. oh my gosh it's engaging just, definitely yeah and i don't spend time being bored watching this movie yeah. like at all yeah um even like the crazy attic sounds didn't sound like a crazy like a regular scratching it's like like it's, it sounds like cocking of a gun and scratching at the same time it's, yeah. it's just weird like mm-hmm. all of it's odd and off-putting yeah um yeah, so I mean, and that, I mean that kind of aligns it's, it's, with it's a lot of seventies film. Yeah, you know, yeah. so like it's you know it falls into the horror genre, but it was also part of what was going on with film in that era mm-hmm. and trying gritty, new like things, gritty? Hmm? like gritty, yeah, gritty and um, not like <sighs> too overdone and uh, cheesy, and it was just like let's I mean, they try were really this. trying a lot of new things. Yeah. You know, that that they hadn't that hadn't really been done in film in the past. And they were like, I don't know. Nobody's done this before. Let's do this. You know, and some of I mean, obviously, some of the effects um, look really like Reagan's head turning around. Yeah. I mean, you know, it it looks like one of the mechanical things. And it's a small world. Like, (laughs) you know, it's not it's not a convincing effect. (laughs) Yeah. Um, but, and maybe that's why Rosemary's Baby almost has more, um, cred, uh, staying power, because it, since it didn't rely on, it didn't really utilize any effects. No, not In that all. way. Um, that it's there's like nothing suspense. in it. Yeah, there's nothing really in it to age and look fake. Yeah. Because it, it it's just fantastic performances and a fantastic story. Whereas and that this also was nominated for Oscars as well. And yeah. this, this too, The Exorcist also. Was, yeah, and so. so like The Exorcist had the amazing story and the amazing performances, but there are a couple of effects that they put in there that at the time were probably very shocking mm-hmm. and impactful. Yeah. And then now, you know, what, uh, 50 years later? Yep. Um are ridiculous and laughable. Sure. Um, So, But also, (laughs) it's funny because it's like ridiculous and laughable mixed in with horrifying. Yeah. And disgusting. And disgusting and shocking. Yeah. So I feel like that overpowers anything where you're like, that's ridiculous is like, you're like, well, I, you know, like that scene with Ellen Bernstein is insane. Yeah. With Reagan, like when finally she's like, we need an exorcist. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she's like, what? Like a witch doctor <laughs> at first, and then she's like, we need an exorcist. <laughs> right, I'll take all the witch doctors I can get. Exactly. Um, so to lo- long, long winded, um, it's scary. Yeah. I mean, not it. I'm not going to like have any trouble sleeping after I watch it. No, but I, no. Yeah, I still. But, uh, and <laughs> like I said, that you you do have to make the choice to really sit down, focus, and allow yourself to be pulled into the story, to learn to know the characters, and you know because if you if you detach yourself from it, you're not you're not going to appreciate it at all. You're certainly mm-hmm. not going to be scared at all. Right. Yeah. Um, but if you if you give the movie a chance. To pull you in and mm-hmm. tell you the story, it's a great ride. Mm-hmm. You know, definitely. 
And you should. It, you know, if yeah. you're going to take the time to watch this, you definitely would want to take it seriously. Otherwise, you're wasting your time. Yeah. You it's know. like the when I my mom had never seen The Usual Suspects. And I was like, made her watch it with me when I was in high school. And then she kept like getting up and like going and doing shit around the house while we were watching. And I was like, God damn it, mom. You need <laughs> to sit down and give this movie your full attention. You're like, you are 100% going to miss everything that's everything. very important about this. Yeah. And I was like, you only get to watch this for the first time once. One time. Exactly. <laughs> and you are blowing it. <laughs> You're screwing up so badly. I hope that laundry is worth it, God damn it. <laughs> okay, speaking of God, um, <laughs> you're gonna have, okay, so I'm, I was raised as like in an evangelical household, totally crazy. You are, have more of a Catholic background and you work at a, <laughs> in a Catholic school. You have been in the church for way longer than, well, I lived in a, I lived in a convent, so that's something. So yeah, but you, have, I, you have that on me. True, but you still have a lot more knowledge about the day to day. So, uh, any Catholic perspectives on on this crazy movie? Yeah, that's actually kind of interesting because the the nana whose house that I um, grew up watching this movie in, she is the source of the Catholicism in my family because my dad's family was Lutheran, um, and my mom's family was Catholic, and so when my parents married, um, you know, the decision was that our family would be raised Catholic, mm -hmm. um, and so it was that nana that was my my Catholic touchstone. And um, so that was my experience growing up. And I was, you know, was a practicing at various levels uh, throughout my life. And then my husband was also raised Catholic. So we, you know, we did all of the, we checked all the boxes. Um, and we got married in the church and we had kids and they're baptized in the church. Well, and good for you. Yeah. No, <laughs> it still didn't make my mom happy, but <laughs> you, you tried. I tried. I did my best. Um, but, you know, and we've gone through all this. So far, my, my son just got confirmed. I don't know if we'll be able to get my daughter to go through confirmation. We'll see. We've got a couple years for that. Um, but we have, you know, gone along for the, the whole Catholic ride mm -hmm. and um, they have been in Catholic school since kindergarten. And that's the school that I'm now teaching at. And so there is, there's doctrine, there's, it's, um, the, so many Christian religions are really about the Bible and the connection between the individual and the faith, which is um, a, a much um, simpler uh, way for people to approach faith in their own lives. The Catholic Church is a structure, you know, and there's a lot of, um, ritual and tradition and uh, things involved in Catholicism um, that really set it apart from other Christian practices of religion. And so to watch something like The Exorcist, where you have, it's specifically Catholic priests, mm -hmm. because there's no other Christian religion that goes in this exorcism bullshit. It's just us. I mean, not like Pentecostal snake charmers. Yeah, That's no. A... I mean, they do their own crazy shit. And sure. they, they definitely try and drive out demons in their own way. Um but typically in these um, possession exorcism based movies, it's it's the Catholic Church. Mm -hmm. um, and so the, a lot of the, the imagery and things in this movie are familiar to me um, in that way, in that context. And mm -hmm. but that's actually also what made it really problematic to when I first, you know, to like kind of dovetail this into my parent corner yeah, of showing yeah. this to Grace, because I'm like, OK, well, I'm you go to Catholic school. Mm -hmm. So I'm Am I going to show you a movie where they took a statue of Mary and put like 
bloody Madonna tits on it. Like, <laughs> yeah, not cool. That's man. kind of a mixed message that I'm sending you as a parent. Um, and so there, and there I mean, are other. I mean, you can pause and be like, "This is wrong." Yeah. Well, and that's but the thing. So <laughs> she, um, that it was a movie that I had put off showing her for a long time. And then um, when I finally did, I we kind of talked a little bit about this idea of in in those movies in um, movies where it has a really religious uh, context. Mm-hmm. Um, the idea is the profane. Because there's an evil, there's a demon, and their goal is to profane the religious. Mm-hmm. You know, to the demon is like saying things, is doing things, yeah, to mm-hmm. be insulting, mm-hmm. um, to defy the everything that the religion holds up to be good and pure. And so that's why you would take a statue of Mary and put disgusting, bloody, genital, you know, uh, things on it. Um and like you said, the part where, you know, Reagan is stabbing herself in the crotch with a crucifix saying, let Jesus uh, F you. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, there's those deliberate um, choices that are made that uh, make sense in the context of if this was a, an actual demon from hell, mm-hmm. we're talking about this is this is all real. The, there's there's God and there's Jesus and there's demons and everything. That's exactly what a demon would do. They would try and come up with the most disgusting, offensive thing that they could potentially do to offend God or Christ or the priest or whoever. Yeah. Um, But that's exactly why I'm like, I'm not just going to show this to a kid and then send them off to school. (laughs) Go to church. Say hi to the nuns. (laughs) This is okay and that's okay. Let's do this all. Yeah. Um, There's there's a conflict there. Yeah. And so I did, I talked to her a little bit about this idea of, like, profaning. Like, in all of these possession movies, the idea is that the evil or the demon is trying to profane what is held up as holy by Mm -hmm. the religious people in the movie. Yeah. Um, But the beauty is... That includes children and um, absolutely you know. Reagan herself is like she is something that's holy and and pure and precious as she's depicted earlier in the movie and so mm-hmm. she is something that is being profaned yeah um, but it ended up not mattering because Grace was so bored by the first half of the movie that she did not finish it oh my gosh just and, when it started to get juicy yeah no yeah. she's and it, she did the same thing when she watched Alien for the first time is she powered through the slow build up drawn out beginning first half of the movie and then right when things were gonna start to get good she's like I can't do this I need to stop <laughs> <laughs> you're, not, you're like well it doesn't just keep going like yeah, this I'm like I'm, you, you did the, the labor and now you're quitting right before the payoff <laughs> exactly yeah <laughs> So, um, you know, from a parent and from a, a Catholic standpoint, I feel like, you know, you have you always have the choice of viewing something as like you could just look at this as disgusting and offensive. Yeah. You know, or you could look at it as what is this trying to say? Yeah. Compelling storytelling, sending yeah. me- a message. Because really this idea of the the old priest and the young priest, the faith versus the science, you know, there's there's a lot of themes and messages in it that are worth thinking about, even if you are a devout Catholic mm-hmm. um, that would find a lot of this stuff to be profane and offensive. Yeah. Um, it's, it's not just being gross for no reason. 
Right, yeah. You know, it's it's posing questions. Definitely. For people to think about and consider um, when you're evaluating your faith. And if you really do believe in this good and evil, you know, um, the, the role that it plays in our lives and the role that the church plays in secular lives, there's, there's a lot to unpack there. So mm-hmm. I think that you can't just dismiss, even if you're a devoutly religious person, you can't just dismiss this. Um, because it has that grotesqueness, because the the uh, grotesqueness in it, sir, it's it's it, to a purpose. It's not gratuitous. Yeah, yeah. You know, they really are telling a real story. Right. Yeah. I think also, like, this is a quick aside. Like, I want I listened to this podcast called Spooked. Yeah. And it has like interesting stories, and one of them was a girl. She's I think lived in the Philippines. Mm-hmm. Um, or no, wait, wait, she went, she was in China, um, and her cousin from the Philippines came to visit. He was like seven mm-hmm. or something. And he was acting very strange and kept saying like weird shit to her, like more, something a seven year old shouldn't say, like, I want to see your bra and like being weird. Yeah. Um, and then later they're like, something's wrong with him. And they they took him to their healer. Um, and she's like, I'm going to work on him first. And she's like, something is in him. Mm-hmm. That's not this little boy. Yeah. And there was like an exorcism of some kind. And then the little boy was like fine mm-hmm. after that. And his cousin was like, I feel like he just said these things to make people uncomfortable to isolate him, to keep people from like wanting to be around him. Okay. And to drive people away. Yeah. And not, you know, like because that's really helpful for anything that's feeding off of somebody mm-hmm. to like isolate them even further. Yeah. And make nobody it, can help them. Right. Yeah. So I think there's a lot to that. Like I know ex- the extra fiction mm-hmm. or whatever, but like it made it more profane. It made it more alarming. People were like, Oh, like they want to help her, they were but shocked. also like shocked yeah. and like probably also, I kind of want to get away from this. Yeah. Um, you know, so yeah, she There's did definitely. And Chris started feeling really isolated. Yeah. As the movie went on, as the doc, basically when the doctors washed their hands of it and it's like, it's nothing medical. Yeah. And she's You're like, I'm own. just alone. And, and honestly, I was surprised that her like staff stayed. They stayed yeah. on and they're there like through the, the whole yeah, thick they of were, it. Yeah, they were very true to her. Yeah. The whole thick of it, just like helping in any way that they could. Um, yeah. Which is, it's, it's pretty crazy. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, interesting information, uh, perspective. Sorry, here. Grace couldn't get through the whole movie because she thought it was hot garbo. Yeah, well, no, and I did think, like, we had talked briefly about her possibly, um, this being the episode that she came and actually contributed to, but um, she ended up having a sleepover tonight. Well, uh, But in addition to that, like, if she was going to be on this, then I would have had to actually let her watch all of those moments that I yeah. had planned on not letting her watch initially. Especially so. if when I talk about it, she'd be like, what? And I'd be like, oh, yeah. sh- sorry. Well, like, in the part that you said, like, after... <laughs> After, you know, when Reagan had stabbed herself so repeatedly and so her crotch was all bloody and then she grabbed her mom's face and rubbed her mom's face in her crotch saying, like, lick me, lick me. It's like oh, yeah. all of that. It's it's it. They were really looking for the most shocking and profane thing that they could possibly put out there because they were trying to reach that apex you yeah. know, of the of this demon and how disgusting and vile the demon was. Exactly. And they, they achieved it. They they oh, found those people, notes. People were shocked. 
They yeah. were like, holy crap. Yeah. Um, I can take this conversation and move into the trivia. Yes, bring us it's some kind trivia. Of, well, it was interesting. Um, so this is from Mental Floss, because um, I'm always doing some pro-Googling <laughs> for, for our episodes. Um, so this is um, based on a book. Um, William Peter Blatty. Yeah, Blatty wrote it. He was at Georgetown, hence the location change to Georgetown mm-hmm. for for the for the book. Um, and this boy was um, exercised, and his name is Roland Doe. He was like a, under a pseudonym, and um, it was like an exorcism in the 1940s. And he had heard about it, and then um, like wrote this book about it in a um, like a cabin in the woods in California. Mm-hmm. So then it was um, made into a movie, um, given an R rating, even though people, it was, there's a lot of pushback. People were like, this needs to have an X rating. Yeah. Basically. And the, especially uh, in 1973. Oh yeah. And the MPAA was like, well, there's no nudity and like other stuff. That the only make- tits are on Mary. <laughs> <laughs> and it's Madonna tits on top of that. Um, so that was like kind of it's definitely controversial it's also yeah. like the first movie where police threatened to arrest anyone who sold a ticket to a minor or, or someone who's like too mm. young to go yeah and washington dc even said like even minors who had, are accompanied by adults cannot be admitted yeah. to this movie because it was well, just not, like, isn't that what nc-17 typically means that even with so. your with, yeah. even if you're with a, an adult or a guardian you cannot go unless yeah. you're 17 you have to be 17 or, for, yeah. or older um it, they yeah they had banned um moviegoers there was a sign posted up saying you can't come in even if you have a, like your parent or somebody with yeah. you um but they stood behind their r rating saying that there's no Overt sexuality or there other isn't. things. Um, I mean, except for the, for you know, crucifix <laughs> penetration. <laughs> that stuff. Um, so then uh, it was kind of hard to find for a long time. It was banned by, like, some religious groups. The The VHS was um, made it pretty, it was pretty rare to find. And then it was remastered and re-released. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it wasn't so, so hard to find. Um, the demon in The Exorcist is never named, but it's all named... The name is Pazuzu, Pazuzu. and it's um, taken from the name of the king of demons in Assyrian and Babylonian mythology. Mm -hmm. So I thought that was interesting. Mercedes McCambridge also provided the voice of the demon. Um, She is known as, um, as Orson Welles put it, uh, the greatest living radio actress. So she did the Linda Blair demonic voice Mm -hmm. moments, and she... (laughs) She created the voice by chain smoking, drinking whiskey, and eating raw eggs. So oh, it's just Jesus. like rough, like uh, like yeah. horrible. <laughs> she's, voice. she's like constantly vomiting while she's speaking. <laughs> um, also, pig squeals were a key part of the, a lot of the noise and sound yeah. mixing in in the movie. Yeah. And when um, Father Karras is like possessed and dies, um, when she, you know, he he his body or the demons leaving his soul or flying from her body, excuse me, there's the sound is pigs being led to slaughter Mm -hmm. um, in real life. And so they use that. I thought that was kind of crazy. This movie is also nominated for 10 Oscars. Uh, Lyndon Blair also got a nod as well, which was a little controversial because as I said, that sound, uh, that voice actress 
lent a lot of herself yeah. to that. So role. like two thirds of of Reagan's lines in the movie were not actually delivered by Linda Blair. Right. Um, this is kind of funny. Violet Beauregard was considered for the role. Oh no! <laughs> but her oh, parents. Oh, I'm parents, trying to envision her. Okay. Her parents saw the script and they're like, "Nope." They're like, I don't think that. so. Let's stick with some roll doll here. How I know, about that? Right. Um, but on the other hand, Linda Blair's mother loved the script so much she like pushed to have her be able to like audition for it or whatever. She's not like on the even the yeah. Um, you know, list at all. Then Marlon Brando is also up to play Father Karras. No. Um, but the author, mm-hmm. he was like, no. No. This is going to be known as a Marlon Brando movie. Yeah, he, he was this. too big. He was too big. Yeah. So then it went to uh, Max von Sydow. Well, he played Father Marin. Yeah. Okay. That's what I meant. Oh, you. so Marlon Brando was supposed to play Father Marin? Uh, I think so. Not um, Father Karras. Yeah, I was mistaken. Yeah. Um, yeah, Mary. Excuse me. Okay. But that, I mean, that would have been. I mean, that would have made more sense because um, he was aged like forty years. Yeah, but it still it, it would have been <laughs> not yeah, well. It still would have been a Marlon Brando movie when exactly. that wasn't what they were trying yeah. to accomplish. Um, yeah, and as I mentioned, Max von Sydow, who played Marin, was only forty-four when this movie was made. Wow, they made him look hella old. He yeah. looked like seventy. Yeah, they did a ton of makeup on him to wow. make him look old. He was, like, in his 40s. That's and he, shocking. He was, in fact, as old as Danny Glover when he was too old for this shit <laughs> when he was in his 40s. <laughs> um, let's see. Um, I had a few other things. The Exorcist Steps are still, like, a popular tourist attraction in Washington, D.C. Mm-hmm. I've never been to Washington, Washington D.C., but I would still yeah. I would go. Um, I, I went there in high school with my mom. Um, definitely, I would not have been able to convince her to go to Georgetown to see. And they, they weren't. I know now there's actually a plaque saying these are the steps from the exorcist. Mm-hmm. At that time, I don't think that anything, there was any marking or anything yeah, from that spot. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think I would go. Be, be oh, I totally would go. Be kind of fun. I would pose all kind nasty fun, on that. Fun, on that. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> this is my head backwards. Yeah. Uh, um, the pea soup that flies from Reagan's mouth is Anderson's pea Anderson's. soup. Anderson's. We, we Californians know Anderson's. Yeah, we do. That's how we get to Disneyland. <laughs> yeah. Uh, mixed in with some oatmeal. Gross. So, mm, yum. Tasty. <laughs> oh, and then the exorcist made audience members nauseous. Um, mm-hmm. Especially when she Reagan was getting tested. That was pretty gnarly. Yeah, that was that. upsetting. Yeah, so they had exorcist barf bags. I was like, uh, in, my, in, in my notes, I was like, I would love an old-timey, non-barfed-in exorcist barf bag for nostalgia. <laughs> that'd yeah, they've got in a little um, shadow box <laughs> on your wall. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. Um, and then lastly, <gasps> I'm very Our excited. serial killer? Oh, I forgot about that. <gasps> Our serial killer! Oh, yeah. What's his name? I can't remember. Well, it was not in this article. Yeah. So if you want to look it up, but I want to. Yeah, I had a, I had his name here. So um, this was something that I wasn't aware of until my favorite murderer covered it. Um, but Paul Bateson. So and he, I knew before then because I'm that cool. But I forgot his name. Yeah. Honestly. Um. So in when Reagan is receiving her medical treatments. Um. So when the director for. The exorcist was scouting the locations for those scenes, um, and he observed this uh, tech 
uh, working with one of these uh, machines. He kind of liked the look of him, and he was like, hey, do you want to be an extra in this movie? Since, obviously, it's helpful for your extras to be actually the techs for those machinery because they know how to operate it and make it look believable and realistic. And so the guy was like, yeah, sure. And so Paul Bateson is the man who, in The Exorcist, is operating the, um, the machinery in the hospital when Reagan is receiving her tests. But what nobody knew at the time was he was actually an active serial killer yeah. at the time yeah. that the movie was being filmed. Um, and then uh, he was praying uh, within the homosexual community in New mm-hmm. York City. Yeah. And so at a point after the movie was produced and released, um, he w- did end up being arrested and incarcerated for those crimes. And when the director of The Exorcist kind of made that connection and this new um, script started cir- circulating about those crimes that Paul Bateson had committed, the director of The Exorcist was the one that was like, I'm going to make this movie. I'm going to go talk to him in jail, get his his input on it because I know this guy he was in my other movie and I'm going to make this new movie that was called Cruisin mm-hmm. with Al Pacino that to this day I would really love to see but it is very very difficult to find because obviously it came up against a lot of NC-17 yeah. or bannings of their releases or everything because of the problematic, problematic content. Definitely. Yeah. Which was I mean what a crazy Coincidence. I mean, yeah. that's nuts. That's, yeah. that's so, that's awful. And um, I'd only heard like a little tidbit. I didn't really quite, I mean, I only had read about the um, movie being made about it um, in the past few days when I was reading about the, mm-hmm. the movie itself. But um, that, that's, that's crazy. What I was going to mention, which is like, I'm kind of a dork, um, <laughs> it's because um, Danny McBride and his writing partner, how they restarted Halloween. Uh huh. They are now tackling The Exorcist. What? Um, to remake The Exorcist no. for um, Peacock. Remaking? The Exorcist trilogy for Peacock. It picks up, like Halloween, it picks up right after, like, it's as if all the other movies didn't happen, kind of. I think, from, like, what so I So it read. picks up from the end of the first one? Yes. Okay. But, like, later. Mm-hmm. Sort of like Halloween did the new one. Okay. With the Danny McBride. So I'm really looking forward to it because, like, That's, the scary yeah, that should is be scary. really interesting. The funny is funny. Like, yeah. I, I, I love everything that they Yeah, they have blend been doing, it really so. well. Yeah. But yeah, because I was going to mention with the, um, the sequels, um, the Exorcist sequels, they're, yeah, they're not terrific. Linda mm-hmm. Blair was in the second. Yeah, and I heard his dog shit. Um, yeah, it was rough. It was rough. Um, there, and then there was this whole ridiculousness with um, the the one that um, um, Skarsgård, Stellan Skarsgård, made. Yeah. So he, they made one, and they released it, and it did really poorly, and so they pulled back, and then they recut it and reshot some scenes, and uh-huh. then they re-released it again. Mm-hmm. So there's two out there. One is called Dominion, a prequel to The Exorcist, and the other one is called The Exorcist, The Beginning. I've but seen both, and I was very confused. Yeah, they're essentially the same movie with Stellan Skarsgård in both of them, but it's like two-thirds of the same scenes and then, like, a handful of recut different scenes. And one of them is really good. Yeah. One of them is really good. The other one is trash. And I know this because... So, I have, you know, my friend Hillary that I always watch horror movies with, and I had watched 
the good one. And I was like, oh, my God, this is so scary. This is so good. Oh, and then yeah. she came over to hang out. And I was like, oh, let's watch this. And I accidentally put on the other one because I was like, oh, it's an exorcist movie with Stellan Skarsgård. It's the same one. And I put it on and I was like, I don't remember this shit. This is garbage. <laughs> I swear to you it was good when I watched it before. I don't know what's happening. <laughs> like, I was just very drunk. I and then... know. I was so confused. <laughs> but yeah, yeah so crazy. there's those two versions that both have him in it. And they're, they have, like, all of this similar, like, the same footage. But there's enough of it recut and different that they are two very different movies. And one is way better than the other. And I yeah. have both of them on DVD. And I keep meaning to, like, mark on the DVD which is good. the good one not good <laughs> but, but I haven't I've managed to do that yet yeah I love the good one with Stellan's I, yeah. I loved that one yeah. I thought it was so good and I loved the um, background to Father Marin and, yeah and I love Stellan Skarsgård yeah so he's amazing I would have um, I really enjoyed it and the other one's terrible but this new one is going to have Ellen Bernstein reprise her role as is Chris. Is she still alive? Yeah, she's still alive. She's she going to be hella old. She's just a little old lady now. And then Leslie Odom Jr. is going to be it as well. <gasps> nice. Jesus Christ. So she's she's 80. She's 90. She's really? turning 90 this year. She was born in 1932. Oh, my gosh. I love How her. How is she doing anything anymore? Well, she's got to be Betty White. She's the new Betty White. Like, okay. Like, going to live okay. her life and You're right. make some movies and... You're right. Chill. Um, I loved her in Requiem for a Dream. She was like, I'm going to be on television. Do you know... <laughs> I ha I only oh. saw that once when Don't it was new. Don't ever watch it again. It's horrible and so sad. Oh. But, um... I watched it a lot in high school. I thought it was very deep. Yeah. For like, you, yeah, you were being super emo. Were yeah, you yeah, watching yeah. it? Yes. Um, so those are all about my, um, you know, little Your tidbits. little trivias. Trivia tidbits. So fascinating. Um, yeah. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm very fascinating. Um, so like what we, we would be wasting our time if we talked about The Exorcist and not mention at least some of our other favorite like possession movies like right. ones that are, where we're just like yeah i think every possession movie will inevitably 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 be mm -hmm. compared to the exorcist yeah and it's it's a really obviously it's a really popular easy theme for horror movies that we've seen done over and over again and sometimes it's done really well sometimes it's done really badly um so, yeah, I think that um, it's worth mentioning, like, some other ones that if if our, our listeners are fans of the concept um, and maybe want to see other iterations of it. Um, I was just watching uh, earlier today, rewatching a bit of the, uh, the Exorcism of Emily Rose. Amazing. Which is a really good one because it's um, set within the context of the legal battle against a priest. Um, for, you know, a young woman who died during his treatment of her through exorcism. And so it, it poses this idea of like, if you if you are not religious, and you don't believe in God and the devil, and you just see this as a young person struggling with some sort of medical issue, mm -hmm. and then you see a family resort to a faith based treatment, then in the criminal justice system, are those faith individuals, as in this case, a priest, legally responsible for the death of that individual? individual if you know the 
the demonic possession doesn't have any legal credence. And so, I mean, it's got Laura Linney in it. It's really, really well made. It's very creepy. Yeah. Um, and it definitely has scary moments and scary scenes, but it's a really interesting take on the whole argument, the whole idea of exorcism. Um, so I think that's a great one. Um, I also really love The Last Exorcism, which is the one where it's mm-hmm. the um, the the man. It's um, a found footage style where it's a preacher, like a preacher from the South, who has made his living on basically swindling people at performing oh, fake exorcisms. Yeah. I think you and told so me to he's watch this. doing this expose because he's he's tired of doing it. He doesn't want to trick people anymore. But he's like you know the one that's tying wires on stuff and setting up secret speakers and everything to trick these families that are. Seeking a faith-based treatment mm-hmm. for their their family member um, by producing this kind of show of an exorcism and then taking the family's money yeah. um, for quote unquote treating their family member. And so in the movie The Last Exorcism, he's decided he's gonna stop doing it and he's gonna film himself in this last one to show what he does to these families. But of course, this last one that he's filming turns out to be a legitimate demonic possession. Yeah. Um, And so you get this found footage (sighs) take on it and it's very frightening and it's very disturbing and really, really well done. Sign me up. Yeah, that's a great one. I watched this immediately. I think that the the last one that I would say for um, a favorite possession, one of mine is actually called The Possession. Mm-hmm. It's the one that Jeffrey Dean Morgan and Kira Sedgwick did, mm-hmm. where and it takes the the Jewish angle where it's a dibuk, and you know they're like it's a Jewish demon instead mm-hmm. of a Catholic demon, but it's the little girl who buys a box at a garage sale, mm-hmm. and then the um, there's a demon inside the box that then possesses her, and then they go through their family goes through the whole trajectory of her possession. And and then seeking the help and the treatment from the Jewish community um, to fight the the evil that's possessed in her. And so that one's just called The Possession. Oh, and I, I always thought that one was I've really great, I've never seen too. that. And I'm a huge Jeffrey Dean Morgan fan, yeah. especially after The Walking Dead. So For sure. <laughs> I, will, I mean, you mentioned these to me before. Um, I'll put them on my list because I love being a good possession movie yeah um, it's satisfying definitely i mean usually it has a happy ending <laughs> typically or, or the demon just runs off and you're like yeah. well shit that's somebody okay. else's problem now hmm, cool <laughs> um so i would say i really enjoyed the taking of deborah logan which oh, is so yeah. creepy and just like uh, it's also a found footage kind of documentary mm-hmm. type gritty film mm-hmm. um so I thought that was really enjoyable. Not enjoyable, like, ooh, this is making me feel <laughs> ooh, so good. Show me more. <laughs> but, like, entertaining and um, just scary and and, and, and crazy. Yeah, that one I was. would also say, though, that, like, paranormal activity was would also be in that same wheelhouse a little bit. Not, like, a... A priest showing up. Yeah, there's not a there's not a real exorcism occurring, but there the possession yeah, component is there. Yeah, there's a possession slash demon slash Satanism um, happening as well. So, um, I, I I've seen a few of those paranormal activity movies, and I think while they can be cheesy, I've I found oh, I, I found them. the first one so good, them. and I loved like all the craziness and the backstory and stuff, mm-hmm. and and thought it was just. Super original, and um, some people can't stand them. I, I no, happen I to love like them. them. I'll lobby I think for us fun. to do those at one point. Oh yeah, for I'm sure. I think that'd be I think that'd be great. So, um, but also the exorcism of Emily Rose. I'm a mm-hmm. huge fan of of um, 
what's the main actress? She was from Dexter as well. I can't remember. See, I didn't watch Dexter, um, but she definitely Deborah is a... something? Maybe. I can't remember. Mm. I just said Deborah Logan, so maybe I'm just being dumb. But she... <laughs> You're just making people up. I'm just making it up. But she did all of those crazy, like, faces and contortions herself, yeah. which makes it even crazier. Well, and it made me so wonder, because even before her character was supposed to be possessed, she had a little bit of a look of facial paralysis, like mm-hmm. Sylvester Stallone style. Like, maybe she actually did have some minor paralysis in some facial muscles, because mm-hmm. her face is very unsymmetrical in terms of the orientation of her mouth and everything. Mm-hmm. But maybe that's something that she was she's just capable of doing, that she produced for that character. Yeah, I don't... She seemed fairly normal uh, in Dexter in Dexter okay she plays like a regular not possessed person (laughs) so um yeah and that was before she was in the possession of Emily Rose yeah uh, and then the other one that came up so when I was searching for a um an exorcism based movie to put on today this afternoon um this one uh I had forgotten I'd seen this one and had forgotten what it was called and for the longest time I was like I wish I remembered what that was called um it's called the possession of Hannah Grace I have seen that yeah the one in the morgue Mm, I feel like I've seen that now yeah so it's um yeah it's basically a a woman alone in like a city morgue with a corpse and but the corpse is a the corpse of a possessed person and so the demon is still operating Mm -hmm. in the space but you have this one living woman who is alone in Mm -hmm. a fucking morgue (laughs) it's like and then there's a demon work because there's another one you might be thinking of the autopsy of Jane Doe yeah, yeah. Yeah, with like Brian Cox and Emil Hirsch, where yeah. they're the two coroners and they're they're autopsying this body. I know um, I for sure saw that one, but the other one sounds very yeah. familiar. Yeah, because I feel like the other they're both really scary, but the autopsy of Jane Doe wasn't I didn't really interpret it as a possession movie where the no. the um mm-hmm. the possession of Hannah Grace definitely read like a possession but there was no exorcism that took place in either of them so it didn't really yeah. fall under our umbrella yeah but there's possession if there's demons inside of people people then there's yeah. possessions happening yeah. and but like some of them you don't they don't have that component in the story of the religious um power coming in to fight it that's you know, true. Yeah. Because, like, in um, The Exorcist of Emily Rose, you definitely have it. Obviously, in The Exorcist, you obvi- you really have it. And in that movie, The Possession, where it's a the Jewish... Because the other one, The Unborn, mm-hmm. um, where oh, her baby is possessed. Yeah. And Gary Oldman is the rabbi yeah. that comes in. And Idris Elba mm-hmm. is in that one as well. Mm-hmm. You, you have... you There's the movies where you have the religious figures coming in to try and help the afflicted. Mm-hmm. But that's not always the case. Like, you have plenty of movies where people are possessed by demons, where there is no angle of the, the religious um, structure or organization trying to, to help them. Right, yeah. I, I mean, in the same wheelhouse of possession, but also, I wouldn't say this is, like, a horror movie, is Constantine, which I loved <laughs> that movie. And it's so cheesy, but I just love that opening scene when um, Keanu Reeves' Constantine goes to... Um, exercise this little girl and he like gets the demon out of her by like getting the demon to look at the mirror because they're fascinated with looking at themselves the demon (laughs) they're such narcissists they're narcissists and uh, I just think it's a a fun one I wouldn't say it goes it's more of like a superhero-y supernatural kind of movie and it's really fun very cheesy but um, 
yeah, it's it's good fun. So yeah. I, I I wouldn't say under the same category. I'm not comparing it yeah. to the Exorcist. Very tangential. <laughs> I would not even say it's not even the same like um, category at yeah. all, really. But it's fun. So yeah. Anyway, really great conversation. Um, <laughs> I think we can't. You've already sort of like explained your parent corner. The parent corner. Yeah. Um, this is this, not. This is really this problematic one. for children. Um, nearly an NC-17 rating, yeah, probably. I, yeah, unless you want <laughs> to clear. preview it and really isolate out particular scenes like I was planning on doing with Grace. And probably yeah. still would, even though, I mean, she's going to be 13 like, in a couple point? weeks. And, There's no point in it, really. Um, yeah, well, I feel like you can still... Um, the the scenes that I was going to isolate, the, the ones that were, you know, her stabbing herself in the vagina and all of that good stuff... Um, her walking backwards down the stairs. But that's just, like, that's just scary. Ooh, like She's um, like a little spider. Yeah, I think that, but even now there are parts where, and it goes back to me trying to express to her this idea of the profane. Yeah. Where it's not yeah. just inappropriate. It's it's a, a being inappropriate with the intent to be, to offend something that people believe in. Yeah, yeah. Um, and or so, they and have devoted, devoted their lives yeah. to. And so whether or not you <laughs> believe in that thing personally, it's still, there's a, there's a real depth to the offensiveness. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't. And I still am like horrified. Yeah, it's know. shocking. Like yeah. we just keep using that word. It's 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 really yeah. shocking because yeah. you you can't believe that they they went there basically. Totally. Like ooh, it's, uh-uh. it's insane. I went to um, we went to Universal. I'm wearing my hoodie. Yeah, you are. Twenty twenty one Universal Horror Nights. Horror horror. I horror say horror nights. nights. Horror nights. And um, the Exorcist uh, maze was one of them. And uh, I don't know if I mentioned it on the podcast before, but. Um, I've gone there once before, and then this year we went and we got the fast passes because mm-hmm. it takes so. I mean, the minute it's like 180 minutes for one to yeah. wait for one ride. So your fast pass, you get to the front because you're kind of a jerk. Yeah. And you go to the front, and we went through it, I think, three times. I was like, I want to go again. I want to <laughs> go again through the exorcist maze. And you go in, and it's like the house mm-hmm. in Georgetown, like Chris's house. And you see, like, a, a character and it's like a statue or like a dummy or whatever but it's it's father Marin and it's like this foggy smoke machine it's like yeah. dee, 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 <laughs> dee, dee. and you go in and it has like all these different scenes from the movie with like reagan going down the stairs mm-hmm. backwards like her head spinning which is something that's in the um oh that's in the unborn they do that in the unborn mm-hmm. too yeah that's ugh horrifying yeah um but they have like all of the iconic scenes there's like the statue there's like an actor like dressed up as reagan like reaching through for the ceiling like oh yeah yeah and then the the lights flashing in the statue and there's like a priest going the power of christ (laughs) you know like all that stuff um it's really anytime anyone has like an opportunity to go to that and they're a fan of Mm -hmm. uh, scary movies um, it's definitely worth the money to yeah. go check it out because it's done so well. They like, yeah. put so much production value into the that type of thing. But the Exorcist uh, maze was a lot of, it was good fun. It was yeah. great. So. But yeah, I think that um, <laughs> if I hadn't had an edited for TV version when I was a kid, um, I, you know, I definitely wouldn't, um, I mean, I wouldn't have seen it, obviously, until adulthood. Um, 
So yeah, if parents listening, don't don't go don't go no, there. No, no, no. Yeah, don't, don't ever go there. I mean, take them to the ride. You watch it. You watch <laughs> it, and tell them someday they need to watch it. But don't, this shouldn't be part of your raising your kids in horror movies because no, it's no. just too no. it's too complex. First it's of too all, intense. What are you trying to prove? Yeah. Okay. No, and that's why. Either. Like <laughs> my my plan is to. I mean, Grace has seen The Unborn. I want her to watch The Possession because mm-hmm. all of these they have the same thematic elements. Mm-hmm. Um, they're scary. They're well done. Um, they're not as groundbreaking and society changing as The Exorcist mm-hmm. was, but they uh, do not have those those elements in it that are so fundamentally upsetting. Yeah. That make exorcist being like nope you need to be a grown-up yeah yeah um so i mean you can't be a fan of the genre without watching it don't yeah, show your kids at some point in life yep don't show your kids watch it yourself yep to send them to go have a sleepover at they can go see it. they can go, go watch go it without da- you in high school Dimmy's house and you Dimmy. can go to Demi. yeah and no me and hillary <laughs> used to always go because she it's she goes like why? Why you do this to me, Demi? Why? <laughs> oh no! <laughs> oh my gosh, that was so sad. Um, so next time we will be covering super old. No, not old school. Super <laughs> from the nineties. I think it came out in ninety two. Is it? No. Um, Dracula, directed by Bram Francis. Stoker's Dracula. Yes, directed by Francis Ford Coppola. It has my boyfriend, Gary Oldman, <laughs> playing Dracula. Not yeah. when he's the old man, though. With no, like but the, he's got he's got some sick hair. With that, when yes, he's ninety two. <laughs> yeah, when he's wearing like the crazy opera wig. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Gary Oldman, Winona Ryder, Anthony Hopkins, Keanu Reeves, Carrie Elways. Like shit. There's a there's a whole lineup oh, in here. Yeah. It's, Monica it's, Bellucci. It's a lot of a. Uh, you know, big names. So yeah. that's what we're covering next time. And our engineer has <gasps> and asked, her lover <laughs> asked to join. Um, he's like, it's been a year. It has been March twenty second was the first podcast we did. <laughs> I, I've been telling you how to click save every single time <laughs> this whole time. I've learned nothing, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> um, so he's like, it's been a year. When are you going to invite? invite me that'd be really cool but yeah, also Meredith's like who are you <laughs> and I'm like, get out of here i'm like i can maybe pencil you in Ew. for <laughs> when we talk about a vampire movie well he really likes vampire movies that's yeah. like his thing yeah um, and and we couldn't do twilight or <laughs> <laughs> i will always talk about twilight okay i will talk the hell even, out of twilight that's not even above it <laughs> yeah we'll drive him out with our twilight conversation <laughs> no he'll be into it too he's read the books <laughs> oh shit yeah he's a super nerd so all right well thanks for joining us i hope you found this at least semi-entertaining it was if a not, lot of good I mean, fun. you're probably not still listening. So. Yeah, they, they stopped a long time ago. Yeah, they so, did. Um, we will see you next time. All Bye. Right. Bye.